I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. Lord of the Dead, Lord of the Dead, you can wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain all the blood that was stored in his head. All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread won't protect you on your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. Not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween, baby. When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby. Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I am the Undead Matt. And I'm Krampus Cody. And today we are here to remind every single one of you that as things start to open up a little more, that if, again, if you're going out to eat anywhere, be appreciative, be calm, be patient, and tip generously to all of the amazing servers who are coming to your table to bring you your food. With dining etiquette aside, we are brought to you by SlashingCast.net. That is our current home where you can check us out. And we are excited to introduce today's guest, a good friend of the show, someone who has been with us since the very beginning and continues to come back. Everybody, please open your cold, dead arms to the amazing Drew Edwards from Halloween Man. And joining with is, of course, my cohort in horror crime, the amazing Krampus Cody. Yay! Howdy. <laughs> hey there, Drew. How you been? Um, I think I'm I'm like a lot of y'all uh, out there in the world. I think I am starting to get a little stir crazy. And yet, when I even though I'm fully vaccinated now, when I go out into the world, mm-hmm. I feel I, I feel a little. It's it's like a double-edged sword. When I'm at home, I'm tired of being at home. But then I go out and I feel weird and socially awkward. <laughs> and like partly like i'm getting away with something that i shouldn't be doing so um (laughs) is that how is that how i think y'all might be feeling as well oh yeah oh Oh, yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) so like okay so honestly for me the weirdest thing is like so this during the entire pandemic there's been this little uh convenience store just across the street from me and so during the entire time like i was going back that's where me and my wife would go it's just that little convenience store just because it's right there and stuff like that and so ever since they started lifting mask mandates it's been i feel like it's getting i feel so weird going there now because no one wears masks now and all the fuck (laughs) this is what pisses me off the most is now i'm starting to get weird looks for just wanting to wear my mask because i'm fully vaccinated too and everything but i'm like you know what y'all are dirty so i'm gonna keep wearing my mask and like oh my god i want to throw punch so many people because i get like the like Oh my God! Looks like I can't believe you're still wearing the mask. <laughs> and I'm just like, how about you go fuck yourself? Because I don't give a shit about you and stop judging me. Like, how about you just not judge? Like, I fucking we're it's still a pandemic going on, mm-hmm. and we're not out of it yet. Like, Jesus Christ! I don't I know why it's I, I don't know why it's so weird that for us to still wear masks in public. It's like, 
Fuck off, man. You know, <laughs> in Japan, yeah. they, they've they been doing it even before the pandemic. And yeah, because of normal. that. Yeah. And I also just spent like the last year accumulating like a lot of cool face masks. So yeah. like, I, I think I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my use out of them, you know, until, until we get like the hundred percent all clear. Like I'm not gonna, you know, like if I'm outside and I'm in a group of people that I know everybody more or less is vac- vaccinated, of course I'll take it off. But like if I'm in a grocery store, I'm, I'm putting it on and mm-hmm. you know, that's just that. And you know, and I, I don't think that there's anything to be judged there. You know, like it's. Yeah. But I mean, we're just at like. Oh, I guess we're just at a really odd place in human history. And I'll I'll, I'll even go on to say this, like with it, because like I'm I'm in the same place where it's just like it's weird going out into public. Like I have these moments where I'm just driving and like I have like this hot debate in my head of like. I want to roll the window down, and then my th- my brain comes back like that sixty minute thing. Like, but should you roll your window down? Like, <laughs> I would like to enjoy the air, but is it safe to enjoy the air? And will others be respectful of that boundary? I, I don't know. I just I just really want to enjoy the the wind going through my hair again. But will you actually enjoy? And like, there is this like weird back and forth, even just like to that little level of like, uh. It, you know, is it okay? Am I going to get into like a conversation with someone about this? But I, I feel you. There's, it's like a weird uncertainty. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I think culturally we're, we're kind of in the like transition phase of like where we were, where everything was just, you know, we had to be so, so careful. And, you know, people, there's just that awkwardness. Like people don't know what the new, so we're having to rethink what the social norm is yet again. Mm-hmm. Well, like for me, like just like you said, like I spent some money on some cool masks and stuff like that. Like I'm gonna get my my money's worth out of these fucking things. But like even from here on out, even when we get the hundred percent COVID's gone or whatever is the thing that ends the pandemic, like however it ends or whatever, I'm still gonna wear masks just because like if I get the if I feel like I'm getting sick, I'm gonna wear my mask while I'm sick. You know, like that's how it is because that's how it's always been in Japan and everything, too. They wear the mask just when they have the sniffles. So they don't risk passing the sniffles on to other people. Like if they're going to work when they're sick, they wear masks. I'm going to do that from here on out just because I'm like, fuck, you know what? Why do we like why was that never why wasn't that a thing to begin with especially like you know me working in the service industry and whatnot with food and whatnot how come that wasn't like a normal thing to begin with from the get go Yeah it makes like, sense Yeah you should wear masks like when you're feeling sick and stuff like that so you don't pass it on to anyone else and yet you and yet you're not really allowed to call out sick because America you know <laughs> and so like like no you just have to go to work sick and don't do anything to not to not get anybody else sick. So it's like, well, I'm going to wear masks now. Like, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, 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 here's the thing though, like the, the, that I want to, that I feel like should be said about all of that is that I feel like a lot of this like tension, this uneasiness, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to blame one person in particular, but I am going to hold under scrutiny one group, and here, and I'll go into the reason why really quick. So I feel like a lot of it does come from a lot of the anti-masking movement, and where, and why I bring that up, and why I think it's there is that 
the main message I've always seen from anybody in the anti-masking movement has been not wanting to live in fear, not <laughs> wanting to live controlled, not wanting to live under oppression. And I'm starting, and you start to see this theme of just like, there's this like imaginary force coming down on them via, uh, you know, the, the metaphor of a mask in this case. And I feel like now that, I mean, for me, from now on, when it's flu season, I'm going to wear my mask more often because it just, you know, we live through it. It makes sense. But I think you hit it on the nail as well, Drew, with it being like a cultural difference thing. You know, um, people in Japan, people in Korea, they have a better way of standing in solidarity with each other to just get through something like a disease or a pandemic or the flu. Yeah. You know, whereas us here, we, you know, not complaining about the freedom we got, but I do think to an extent we get very very liberal about it here and go overboard with that when somebody says hey can you please wear this mask it's to ensure the safety of not just you but everyone else around you and the immediate extreme reaction is like you can't tell me how to live my life that's not your right to enforce no your rights these are my rights i can wear a mask if i want to you know i'm not going to live under an oppression i'm not going to be a sheep i'm not going to be part of the sheep oh you could get microchipped and then you just start to see it like snowball into more reasons that don't even have to deal with a mask and i and i feel like there's something to put under scrutiny and to blame there that that we hold that we should hold responsible uh, excuse me responsible <laughs> you think so well the data actually bears that out because we actually didn't have as strong of a, a flu season in america this year and a lot of people think that because of uh you know the covid protections that were in place with like you know making sure everybody had hand sanitizer nearby and you know people people wearing we made masks sure we weren't nasty anymore because you had to yeah. wash your fucking hands you sick motherfuckers <laughs> oh my god getting people to wash hands i swear to god yeah it's gross to think about but it, i think um you know, I always keep saying this and I keep being inevitably proven wrong. I'm like, maybe <laughs> the 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 heatedness of this discussion in like another year when people have um, eased back into like more of a normal society, maybe people can look back on that and go, oh, they really weren't asking that much of me. Um, <laughs> you know, know, like... Uh, but w only time will tell there. I've, I've, Lord knows I've been, been proven naive, naive a lot over the last few years. Oh my God. Right. Like, it's like, it wasn't even asking. Yeah, never mind. We won't, we won't, let's not dive too much more into it. Well, I think this is considering what the other topics at hand, yeah. I think this actually I mean, fits yeah, in a way does, because for sure. I think, I think to just like round it out so we can move on is is when it comes down to it even further down the road you know there is one thing that could be said at least about where we live is that there is this pride that people have in standing their ground regardless of the intelligence of the context of what they're proud about because they would rather not put in that extra strength or that extra effort to go outside their boundaries and open up their thinking. And with that in mind, progress is always just going to be halted and be slowed down because now forever more so we should probably have a paper mask on uh you know our our, our u.s seal because i feel like now it's just it, like a whole revolution started in between it all but for, that in mind, yeah, yeah i was like i know and like 
Well, as you say, and all I, the biggest thing that I learned from this entire year is I don't think America is as ready for, as prepared for a zombie apocalypse as they like to think. Oh, God. No. 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 Definitely not. No. Definitely not. No. We, uh. The general we, population if, is definitely not ready for a zombie apocalypse. We, we, we might be fucked. We might be. <laughs> there's, if that happens, there's a chance. Um, but with zombies and pandemics, you know, in mind, Drew, you're here today to to talk only about COVID. Kidding, of yes. course. <laughs> no, you're you're here to talk about your latest Indiegogo that you're working on. Yes, and it's there's this one's a bit different from what you've you know what you came on before. You know, usually you're coming on to talk about Halloween Man. Which quick shout out to you again for Halloween Man. I got my issue of a uh, uh, the Valentine's that never was. I I, I know I'm kind of like butchering the title a little bit i do apologize i just want it's you okay. to know i want you to know that it was a great comic i enjoyed reading it and i'm so glad i got it like it's well, just, thank you yeah it was whether it's dinosaurs or just like the quips that halloween man throws out there's so much to just enjoy about it that that i i felt like i honestly felt like a kid in in a comic book store again just finally just reading an obscure horror comic that i didn't know i'd become such a huge fan of so i just want to throw that credit to you but um with that in mind you know what is your latest indiegogo and and why are you here today to talk about it oddly it does have to do with both covid and zombies so uh, i'm promoting a comic called revenge of the creeping dread and there's it sounds like a a old school zombie movie for a reason that i will get into uh, in a second but this comic is actually a crossover it is still halloween man adjacent because it is the Lucy character, Halloween Man's girlfriend, and it's like there's a, a a comic my friend Terry Parr does called Aerobicide, which is about this girl Sherry, who is an aerobics instructor in California in the '80s, who is also a ninja warrior. So uh, <laughs> what happens is you have these two ladies, uh, Sherry back in 1980s California and Lucy in, you know, Solar City, Texas, you know, 2021. They both go to see the same movie, the movie Revenge of the Creeping Dread, which is a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. And like action, Last Action Hero or Purple Rose of Cairo, uh, they end up getting sucked into the movie and go on a weird adventure with each other. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big salute to um, 80s horror films, in particular Return of the Living Dead, because these are not only zombies, they are punk rock zombies. And the, the reason why this comic was put together it was a comic that terry and i were working on before the pandemic we, we both watched the return of the living dead documentary which is called more brains around the same time and we started texting back and forth with this idea of of doing this and then a few months later um we were actually a, a convention and my wife jamie was dressed up as lucy as she often does and he had a cosplayer dressed up as Sherry and we saw the two of them standing next to each other and we was like, okay, we really have to do this. So, you know, we actually wrote a script. Well, he, he did, we wrote the story together and then I wrote the script mm-hmm. and then the pandemic started and actually <laughs> Terry ended up contracting, um, contracting COVID. Um, he is, oh, he's no. fine now. 
yeah, he is fine now. He has recovered, but um, he has been slammed with a lot of medical bills. And, you know, he's a father, he's a husband. And, you know, one of the issues of COVID that I don't think gets talked about enough, but, you know, the comic book industry was really heavily affected, in particular artists who are indie artists who make a lot of their living working the convention circuit, which just was decimated overnight. You know, like the, this whole thing where you could go and you could sell your art and be one one with your fan base and maybe make, you know, several hundred to several thousand dollars in a weekend. Um, that's gone. You know, you don't have that anymore. And that's where Terry made a lot of money. And, you know, I, I contacted his wife, Halo, who is a good friend of mine. And I was like, look, let me put together a team. I will put out this book. I will crowdfund it. And we will find a way to make the money uh, to pay for your medical bills. Because um, it's it's just an unspoken issue. And I think um, in particular, because, you know, you look at like the popular movies right now, most of them are based on comic books. There's this attitude that comic book creators are, are just rolling in it. And that's nothing could be further than the truth. Like a lot of people in the industry have like a very blue collar working class kind of lifestyle. And, you know, you they need help it's not like there's like a, an insurance industry that is the, there's no there's no safety umbrella for that so um i teamed up with this guy brian crowley who is a who does a web comic called hamster rage and we started putting the thing together almost as quickly as possible and and you know here we're here we are and we're doing this indiegogo and it's got we have a lot of cool perks just like the last time i was on the show um, and I'm asking people like, look, even if you are not a comic book fan, uh, if you're just a horror fan, you will get something out of this because of like the, the, the references of like eighties horror movies that are in this, you will still find it, you know, entertaining and fun and, you know, it'll put a grin on your face. And also you will get the satisfaction of knowing that you are helping someone that needed help. Uh, and that's, I, I'm trying to appeal to people's better nature as well as their desire to be entertained, um, which you will get both, you know, the comic book is a lot of fun. Um, it, it's, it's something that I think people who are into this podcast will, you know, punk rock horror podcast, punk rock zombies. It's definitely up your alley. <laughs> Fuck Yeah. <laughs> With, with a lot to take away from there. First, I do want, I think me and Cody both want to say that we are glad that he has recovered and that he's doing better now. Um, but hell yeah, man, way to just kind of like take in the power to, you're not even taking the power, but use the power of comic books to, to help a friend out. I mean, it, we did talk a lot, especially during 2020 going into 2021 here, a lot of the indie side of just about everything in horror that was really getting, you know, just what is like impacted by COVID and just people struggling to, even on the low scale to find motivation to come back to create, but even for comic book creators who, you know, 
like you like you already put it really well drew, uh, drew but there was just like such a huge upheaval in everybody's routines and what people were doing to make money that yeah even even you know if we we're going to translate it to another kind of example like even bands we talk about a lot bands made a lot of their money from live shows for more often than not and so you know it's just it's so polarizing and sobering to hear what everybody's gone through especially on the comic side of things um so i guess that's what i want to ask you drew is what what was that like just trying to get the resources together i mean the motivation's already pretty clear but what was that like just trying to even get the resources together to get this done how has that gone well, um, thankfully, you know, the people that I was able to gather up, they were people that understood why, why, what we were trying to do. And Terry is kind of a beloved fixture in, in particular in the Texas convention scene, but he's, he's been around long enough that a lot of people really respect him. And, um, so the creative team I put together, they, they were like, okay, unless we make like, Nobody is getting paid on this until we get like in the upper echelon of what our goal is. You know, like if we get like our goal and above that, then we're going to start divvying up money to pay people for their time. But up until then, it's all about Terry. It's all about, um, you know, trying to get him taken care of. And everybody understood that's the goal, you know, like, And it was very much like a team effort. It's like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this as quickly as we can. Um, And we're going to do this as, you know, economically as we can. Like, we're we're not going to, nobody's going to ask for money unless we absolutely have to. Because, again, we want to keep the focus on Terry. We want to keep the money coming to him. And, uh, you know, so far, we're doing really well. We're, you know, we have uh, about two weeks left to go. We're at 40% of our goal. And, you know, I don't know what it's going to be when, um, you know, by the time this recording comes out. But out of the different crowdfunds that I've done, it's, it's made the most money the quickest because I think because everybody has had that shared COVID experience when you say like, I'm trying to help out somebody that, that got sick with COVID there's immediately like literally almost everybody knows somebody that has, has had COVID and and, in many cases, some people know that somebody that didn't recover. So I, I think, you know, there's that urgency when people hear that, that has made people, you know, generous and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, Personally, um, for me financially, and I'm, I'm grateful to say this, 2020 was not a bad year for me. Like I, I got through the, the, the worst parts of the pandemic fairly well. So that's, that's another reason why I was able to do this because like, because my comic has always been, had like a heavy um, emphasis on digital and if, you know, everybody was suddenly like okay i'm i'm going to do my entertainment you know i might be more quickly to buy a comic digitally than i would be a print comic cuz i i'm not 100% about going to a comic book store right now um my sales were triple what they normally were this last year like i you know which nice. was, 
yeah, I, I had a good I had a good year uh, financially for 2020, and I, I'm grateful for that. I know that wasn't the case for a lot of people, but because of that, I was able to say, okay, I'm not worried about my bottom line. I just want to help Terry. And, you know, t- Terry's one of my oldest friends. He was one of the first artists on Halloween, man. Um, the, the redesign of Lucy that we did years ago, he was very inst- instrumental in that. He was one of the artists that helped put that design together. Um, he was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Um, you know, like just Terry is, you know, I don't know. Like when a friend needs help, you help them. Like I'm old fashioned that way. Like I, you know, you know, we'll, we'll circle the wagon, we'll get it done. And, you know, that's what I've been telling his wife. And, you know, I, I intend to live up to that promise because, you know, I, I am not going to let, you know, let somebody be hung, you know, hung out the dry by the, the insurance, you know, the insurance industry in this country, which is basically a bunch of vampires, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> um, so, or I guess more appropriately zombies. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, Drew. I mean, legitimately, you're, you're a really good friend, Win and Dad. And I'm sure Terry uh, says even kinder words to you about that. I mean, uh, there's just something so overwhelmingly positive about what you're doing. Of course, the context of, of what it's for is sad because everybody was impacted, like you said. But... You know, just just the amount of work you put into is so creative. I mean, usually, you know, whenever we see Indiegogos or GoFundMes or Kickstarters, um, it's always for a, hey, I just lost my job. Can someone give me a hand? Or, you know, these people are moving or these people lost a house or there's always, you know, there's usually a lot of times like a good reason for it. Not trying to like compare it any sort of way, but it's just that, you know, it's, it's hard to... It's hard for me to think of a lot of examples where a content creator in any regard, you know, put his mind to it in order to benefit, you know, someone else in that way. And not saying it's never not happened, but it's just I think it's just a very like it's like it's like what I said. It's an overwhelmingly positive thing. And it's probably one of like the nicest things we've heard about in a long time. And just just credit to you for pulling this together, Drew. Seriously, credit to you. Cody, what are your thoughts? No, that's awesome, man. Like, I'm really happy that you were able to have like a really good 2020 and then to also just like go out of your way to do this for your friend, especially with all the horror stories and everything that came out of 2020 and 2021, like in this year, like, and just during the entire pandemic, it's, it's nice. And it's really heartwarming to hear. It's like someone is even, even someone, especially someone we know, I go out of his way to do something like this nice for his friend. Oh, you're gonna make me you're gonna make me blush. Uh, I'm oh, gonna, you should. You're rosy. I'm cheeks. gonna I'm gonna <laughs> lose lose my uh, I'm gonna lose my reputation as indie comics number one grouch. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: you could be like, "Yeah, maybe a grouch, but I got a heart of gold." That's that's what my that's what my wife says about me. So I, there must be something to it. Yeah, well, that grouch there—he just gave his entire year's paycheck to an orphanage. Just, you know, it's like it's like that Family Guy skit where it just like centers on you. No, uh, legitimately though, like you're you're such a nice guy, Drew. Seriously, and and you're such a cool dude that I I. Uh, I'm just glad that there's people like you in this world, and I I wish we could clone you and have more of you <laughs> because we need more Drew Edwards. 
Pure and simple. <laughs> we need more Drew Edwards, especially a Drew Edwards in power. Maybe you could be that Drew Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nobody, nobody wants me running things. Trust me. Uh, uh, but thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, with that in mind, uh, can you go into a little bit more of the story of what Night of the Living Dread is about, and or, or what can you share about it for all of our ghouls, gals, and crips mutants to expect? Well, one of the things I can tell you that it, this is more something that you, you, can, you don't have to see, because usually when you have a crossover with two characters, you have, like, the trope of... Um, you know, the two characters think each other is like an enemy and they they fight each other first. And I actually even did that when I did the Hack Slash versus Halloween Man book. And when I did this one, I was like, I really, I just really don't want to do that. So <laughs> pretty early on, um, like within like, I'm talking a matter of like a page, uh, these two ladies are trusting each other and arming themselves and getting ready to decimate the undead because I wanted to get to the, like the zombie bashing quicker, um, and, you know, not have to deal with, you know, the, I'm sure there's probably certain readers that probably would have loved like a cat fight or something like that, but I just, I really didn't want to do that. Um, the other thing that you can expect from this, uh, without giving away too much of what's actually in the book, we tried to cam like like cram as many cameos of like famous zombies from zombie movies as we okay. possibly can. So if you're like a big zombie movie aficionado, like if you get this book. And, like, you read it once for the story, and then you want to go back through and, like, say, like, oh, there's, you know, off the top of my head, there's Big Daddy from, from Land of the Dead, and there's the Hare Krishna zombie from, from Dawn of the Dead. Like, you, you're, you can see stuff like that. Oh, and, cool. uh, yeah, so, like, it, this is definitely something that is written and drawn by people who are fans. There's oddly also a lot of um, Ninja Turtle Easter eggs because Brian <laughs> Crowley, the guy that drew it, like he's a giant Ninja Turtles nerd. And like, I, you know, like I like the Ninja Turtles, but it's more casually. Like he had to like start pointing them out to me. And <laughs> I was like, Oh wow. Um, so there's, there's that as well. Um, you know, the story is, really just geared towards um i've always been fascinated with that idea of like what it would be like to go into a movie like ever since i first saw last action hero so i'm not like i'm not going to pretend like i'm like the first person to think of this idea but like the idea of like going into a horror film from the eighties instead of like an action film or, you know, purple rose of Cairo. It's like a silent, you know, movie like you immediately have like a, a different sort of sense of urgency, particularly with like eighties horror and their, their, um, their visceral quality. And that's another thing, like because of the way the, the Indiegogo is um, set up, you can buy this comic one of two ways there is a PG-13 version, um, which has the same amount of gore, 
Um, oddly, we, because of the way the rating system is on Comixology, we did not have to cut any of the gore. However, mm. there is also an R-rated version that has nudity and cussing. So, oh, like, man. If, yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you want the authentic '80s horror experience, um, we we are we are offering that for you, like a hundred percent. Just just for a simple simple extra few dollars kicked in for a good cause, you can get you can get boobies and cussing. Nice. <laughs> That's all it takes. And For all you edge lords, <laughs> the key to the gates is a few extra dollars. No. Uh, so I gotta. So with all this in mind, you know, I gotta ask: Was there a specific zombie movie or a zombie franchise that was a huge inspiration for this? Uh, you know, all all zombie movies to a degree, but definitely the original Return of the Living Dead is probably referenced the most. Um, like right down to um. You know, there like some of the character designs where we actually had to like walk back some of the character designs because they looked a little bit too much like the um, characters from Return of the Living Dead. Like we had to we had to move them back into you know where you know like copyright free zone, I guess. Um, but you know that that return of the living dead documentary was definitely like instrumental to getting this story formulated mm-hmm. and um i i can't say that without that that this this would have even existed um but like we definitely pay homage to you know a lot of different zombie movies. Like it's not just return of the living dead, but probably first and foremost, because like return of the living dead, like outside of just being a cool movie, like it had that amazing soundtrack and it like introduced me to like so many bands. Um, and I think there's a lot of people in, uh, in my same age group that probably have that same story. Like I was like, Oh, I learned about the damned or Rocky Erickson from that soundtrack. Nice. I, I think one of the greatest things about you, Drew, and like what we love about bringing you on here is hearing your creative process and how it works in your mind and then the way you translate it to us. You you definitely have a, just this like roller coaster of just like creativity that's just surrounded with like rockabilly and horror and little horror punk and Texas and Halloween man and it's just it, it's a it's a wild ride. We love hearing from you, Drew. We love hearing about this. Um before we move on, uh is there anything else you would like the listeners to know about this Indiegogo or anything else that you've been up to recently? Well to promote the uh, the Indiegogo, I have created a hashtag on Twitter, which is called Creeping Dread Theater. All one word, all lowercase. Um, and once a week for uh, the last several weeks, I've been doing a double feature of, you know, uh, you know, 80s horror films, usually zombies. Although last week I did the Chud movies, which are kind of zombie-ish, but not quite. Um, this, this week, incoming week, this Wednesday, I am doing, um, the two reanimator films. Um, but I started with, uh, night of the comet and night of the creeps. Then I did return of the living dead one and two. And, uh, you know, it's been fun interacting with people on that, but like, if you're on Twitter, look me up at Halloween man, com, all one word. Uh, and you know, take part in one of these, you know, the, like next, next 
next week. This, uh, you know, just if you look at the hashtag, you'll be able to find out what I'm doing. Um, right now, the talk among my creative team is that we might do a massive uh, marathon the last the last uh, few days of the uh, uh, crowdfund. So, uh, you know, we don't know what movies we're going to be doing yet. That's still being discussed, but keep your, keep your eyes open for that. But yeah, you know, check out that. And of course, you know, check out my, my Indiegogo, you know, please, it's a worthy cause. We need all the help we can get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one more time for all the listeners, where can everyone go to support what you're doing and also contribute to the Indiegogo? Well, uh, Again, on Twitter, I am HalloweenMan.com. Uh, if you do, just type in www.halloweenman.com. Uh, it'll take you right to my Facebook group, and that's got all of all Halloween Man related stuff, including this Indiegogo uh, all over it. So you can find the link there, or you can just search "Revenge of the Creeping Dread" on Indiegogo. You heard it there, ghouls, gals, creeps, mutants. Please support Drew and what he's doing for his friend, Terry. Please check out Revenge of the Living Dread on Indiegogo. We have those links below in the episode notes. Give him some support. Give him some love. We know you got it in you. If we could open up our maggot-filled hearts, then we know you can do it too. But with that in mind, Drew, we got to ask you, do you want to play a horror game with us? Sure. It's time to play. Our game today, and going along with the theme of today's subject, which, just to give everybody a quick little thing, I know we promoted on the last episode that we were going to be talking about either uh, a cult or a haunted place, but due to some technological drawbacks. It was definitely technical issues. Like <laughs> technical issues. 100 yeah. Um, I lost all of my research. And there was too much of it to do from memory. There's no way I was going to be able to like do all that. And so, which I'll tell, I'll I'll go more about it on this week's uh, love and hate because it that my whole love and hate is has to deal with the whole entire process of that. But yeah, uh, we changed. I had to change our subject to something we all three of us know and love a lot about and want to talk about more, and that's zombies <laughs> like especially since drew was talking about a zombie comic but anyway so go along with that our horror game is going to be so drew if the zombie apocalypse were to happen now which we also talked about earlier of uh you know we'd probably this we'd probably be boned <laughs> with all the probably deniers of zombies happening in the apocalypse but if we were to have the zombie apocalypse where do you believe you could go to last the longest to survive? Like, do you have a scenario of like, where I do going? actually, right. uh, I, I've, I've thought this out. Um, so <laughs> uh, when I first moved to Austin, Texas, I worked for a temp agency for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of the temp jobs I had actually was working for the toll road. And I got to sit in one of these toll offices that collect like coins and everything. But what I learned about them is you, you sit in one, but there's actually a tunnel that goes under and there is actually like a lounge area with like a refrigerator and like a dishwasher, like a bathroom and like a whole little, this is under this highway 
with like a lot of, you know, like snack foods and you could, you know, a place you could cook and store food. There's a bathroom, there's running water under the Texas tollway. <laughs> and it leads to like the other, you know, toll toll office on the other side. So I thought I, I thought immediately, you know, and I only worked for this like for four days. And but the whole time I was thinking, I was like, you know what, if there was actually like a zombie apocalypse, this is like, I'm not saying it would work long term, but I think you could, it's a defensible, you you don't have to defend two sides. You have a place you can make food, you have running water, and you might be able to ride out like the start of the zombie apocalypse until it's like, until it's like things have been thinned down a little bit that you might, could migrate to some place a little bit better. Um, if you just locked and loaded and, and bunkered down in there. And I don't think that would be a place that a lot of people would look because I had no idea that those things were you know, set up that way. I just thought that they were freestanding little offices. And, um, you know, so I don't think you would, uh, you know, uh, unlike like grocery stores or, you know, uh, you know, the, everybody thinks yeah, because of Dawn of the Dead, uh, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks about the mall. Like, I don't think you'd be overwhelmed with people thinking that this is a great idea. I think, in fact, the moment I say this, now I feel a little awkward that I shared it. Now I, <laughs> now I'm, I have overplayed my hand. I might should have said something else. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, but, th- this place doesn't exist. It was a <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be my my plan at least for like the first few weeks um i think that i am uniquely prepared for the zombie apocalypse because um first of all my wife has uh, a unique experience with dead people because she grew up next to a cemetery so um she's 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 i always for some reason kind of attuned to that that sort of part of life, which is death. Um, and so like, I, I think, you know, she, she would be mentally prepared, but also I was, I was a butcher for, you know, over a decade. So I'm very comfortable with knives. I can also clean and prepare my own meat. Uh, so, you know, as long, and I have a, a good friend who is a great hunter and, you know, as long as I made sure he was part of my bunker, um, we would definitely have, you know, me even when we started to run out because he could catch it and I could prepare it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's the next part of any zombie apocalypse plan is like, who's on your zombie apocalypse team? And I think I have a lot of good people for that. You know, I, fr- I have a friend who's also... Um, like a, a champion an axe thrower. Um, and actually it was like the number one axe thrower in Australia for a while. Um, I have a friend who is like a gun nut and you know, I know that's a cliche Texas, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I have this group of people that I think like, okay, I will gather this people around me and we will become a, an anti zombie squad of, you know, great net renown. But uh, you know, I think those are the two factors, I think, so, you know, when, you, when you're coming up with a zombie plan. It's like, what are you doing the first, you know, several weeks to a month? And um, who are you doing it with? Like, who is part of your crew? And I've got those things figured out. So I, I got a leg up. Nice. I, 
You really did think that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, respect, respect. Um, Cody, do you want to go next, or do you want me to give you mine? Uh, you can go ahead. Okay, so I I feel like I need to put far more thought into mine. Now hearing yours, Drew, because now I feel, <laughs> I feel ill prepared. But so mine has always been to where you know it's gonna hit. You know, everybody's, you know, scrambling to get food so they can have their reserve of food, you know, so they can survive. But because I'm aware of the state we live in, part of the world we live in, the culture we live in, I know one place where they aren't going to go until everything else has been scavenged for. And so with that in mind, the only food that's going to last really is any canned goods, right? That or maybe Twinkies. Uh, just kidding. Twinkies do actually have a shelf life. Fun fact. Um <laughs> But I learned the hard way. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a reason why I burp, and <laughs> it's still the same Twinkie for from 20 years ago that's still trying to leave my system. Now, um, for for me though, you know where I'm gonna go? I'm gonna go to the last place anybody would be willing to go, and I'm gonna go to all the pet stores. Because here's the thing: either those birds are gonna live. Uh, or they're going to get eaten by other, you know, na natural forces. That in mind, there's going to be a point where everybody is just fighting for food and, you know, whatnot. That that I could really test people's loyalty and be like, look, we still have some parakeet left. But if you want access to the better stuff, here's some cat food to keep your rations, you know, up to par. And so you can survive a little longer. Like, I'm going to be kind of a dictator with just like dog and cat food in that sense and be like, look, I'll make sure you're alive and I'll keep you alive and we'll survive and all that jazz. But if you want to work your way up on the literal food chain to have good food to eat, you got to start at the bottom and prove your loyalty. Look, it's a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. There are extreme rules, especially ones that don't make sense. And these are mine. Very nice. <laughs> And now you can see why I'm like, I need to give mine more thought. So I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> hoping well, you have the... your, your, your attitude is what kind of leader you're going to be like, uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, important. Like, it's like how far into like Mad Max territory are you, you know, wanting to, to, <laughs> to be. And I'm always like, yeah, I think I'd go like full Lord Humongous pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I dictate who gets the water. Die for me and bathe in the glory of Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm also kind of hoping, just like as a side effect of me telling my zombie plan, that everybody else thinks it's a good idea to go to the pet stores and thus leaving more room for the actual grocery stores where everybody thinks that's where I'm going is a pet store, right? But really, you know, everybody's going to be distracted by that thinking <laughs> that's the plan and they don't even try for the grocery store. So it's easy pickings, you know? That's what I'm kind of mm -hmm. hoping for. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very nice that was actually honestly i was just kind of thinking i was like man if it's the apocalypse i'll fucking eat some alpo i don't care that's like pretty close to like the fucking denti moor beef stew anyways if you're going to survive <laughs> what are you willing to do to survive you know uh-huh so very nice i like it i like it so i would so like, i didn't put a okay so because i live like more in in the more mountainous area of like Colorado and stuff like that, just like closer access to like the mountainous area. And like, since I'm on the more Northern side of the territory, I also, I always thought of like, I'd kind of just go North to colder areas and climates because 
one i'm a little bit i like i'm fine with the cold like yes i don't i like i know you have to like prepare for that kind of stuff but i always figured going to the cold areas where like one the zombies are going to be moving slower because cold is going to be slowing down their blood and stuff like that and they're not smart enough to bundle up you know hopefully fucking hopefully they're just not like you know like cannibals <laughs> they're actual zombies but um so they wouldn't do that so they'll freeze up like freeze up or at least start moving slower in the colder climates and whatnot and stuff like that and then also like just kind of living off the land in that kind of way like i i feel like also there's enough enough people out here that have like random ass houses and there's enough like rich like rich motherfuckers that have had that have second and third houses out here in the mountains and whatnot and i'd fucking just find one of those hold up in one of those hunt squirrels birds shit like that because the fuck they're gonna come to their second mountain home in the middle of a zombie apocalypse because most of them are probably going to be on the other side of the fucking country being devoured in la or in florida so like that was always my plan like i'm pretty certain i could find an or some like mountain house in the middle up here that's just like that no one's coming to and then like i would just kind of have that like that settlement and then of course like have to weed through the people that would end up finding the place and whatnot, like set up barricades like, yo, there's people here. You want to talk? We'll talk. But if you're here to raid shit, like I will end you, <laughs> you know, like have traps and shit. <laughs> so that was kind of my thing, like to kind of wait out, wait out the zombie apocalypse in one of those. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe bounce, like bounce through the mountains and stuff like that becomes Sasquatch. I know there's, I'm sure we have like a listener who has like either a friend or has their own bunker and he's like, you're all wrong. I've already prepared for this. <laughs> I already, I got my canned food and all my guns ready to go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. There More it likely. is. I wouldn't do <laughs> However, with that in mind, I, I, I think we can move on today's main topic. Um, we are a little running a little behind on time, so we'll try to put as much time as we can on this. Uh, but again, everybody, please support True Edwards and support Night of the Living Dread at the Indiegogo. Those links are below. And also, if you have any plans of what you would do during a zombie apocalypse, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at OfficialPRHB or even, you know, reach out to us on Facebook or on Slasher, the app. Uh, with that in mind, though, Cody, what are we talking about today? <laughs> you know, one of the listeners is like, the fuck i am like i'm not telling you my plan <laughs> that's, that'd be the first mistake that you guys made yeah you thought you got me you just um, you just recorded it all on a podcast now 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 they all know what we're gonna do <laughs> hugger down at pet smart i know he's gonna come here <laughs> wait pet smart or pet co we'll figure it out <laughs> pet but co, i'll take pet smart we'll have a radio channel going <laughs> um but yeah so we're gonna be talking about zombies and just kind of the the evolution of zombies and how we kind of believe that there's that there's been like a resurgence of zombies and in, in uh media and in mass media and uh pop culture and stuff like that lately and like and just kind of like where we hope we're gonna where we hope it's going like you know is it gonna end up like the walking dead where it just kept going and going and going 
and going until you know until it didn't know when to stop and same with the resident evil movies or is it or are we going to have more things like you know hashtag alive or train to busan and its sequel peninsula where we're just going to have like solid two maybe three movie like trilogy movies or even just like single outing movies and stuff like that so yeah and just like if they're if there's still a want like i think there's still a want for zombies and yeah <laughs> with that in mind, what really kicked off this discussion and what we're wanting to talk about here is that Zack Snyder's latest movie, Army of the Dead, is now out on Netflix. It's catching a lot of buzz. But with this in mind, we're also seeing film franchise, or not film franchise, but companies like Disney still touching into the topic of zombies for more, you know, shows that are directed towards the younger demographic or even in the comics, uh, in the world of comics with Deceased doing really well, um, or even to the fact that we are getting more video games with Back for Blood and evil dead coming out with their own iterations of uh roguelike co-op survival games you know we're here to speculate we're here to speculate the year of left for dead clones i am all for yeah, it we, so we're here <laughs> to speculate and you know try and answer are zombies getting the redemption they finally deserve or are we gonna see the walking dead part two so <laughs> to kick this off drew you know, we got to ask you, what do, what do you think of all this? Do you think that there is a resurgence of zombies and modern media coming back? And is it something you're excited to see? You know, my, my attitude about that sort of thing is there's always room for a good version of something. Like, I, I don't think I ever get tired of zombie movies as long as they're enjoyable. Um, you know, I, I lost interest in the, the walking dead, although I, I was, uh, you know, a devotee of the comic and then the TV show for a long while, but after a while I, I just got bored with it. But if something is well done, I'm, I'm into it. And, uh, you know, if, so if the stuff that's coming out now is, is good, then I, then I'm definitely for it. Um, I, I haven't seen hashtag alive yet. That's one that I've been really curious about because i've heard such good things about it um certainly you know trade to basan was you know i think instrumental and in people going oh you know what about you know zombies because you know everybody I, the walking dead kind of owned i think people were kind of afraid to actually touch zombies because the walking dead was so popular and people were like okay i'm almost afraid to touch this because i don't want to be like oh you're doing this because of the walking dead mm-hmm. and you know now that that's like that is sort of a pop culture juggernaut is kind of in rear view a little bit um i think people are going back and going okay what can i really do that you know you can't do on a tv show like what's the cin- cinematic version of this and you know particularly with those train to busan movies and what i saw today because i just watched army of the dead today is there's this um visceral thing that like you know i, I was you know when i was watching army of the dead i was thinking a lot about like the the, the romero zombie movies which i you know i'm sh- you know, you, Zack Snyder did a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Like, I'm sure, you know, he's that, that's a big influence on him. And I was thinking about how, like, in a lot of modern zombie things, you don't, you for a long time, you didn't really see people get brutalized mm-hmm. by zombies. 
and you know whereas like you know i think you know like day of the dead the, the original romero day of the dead there's like that joke on um scene where you just see somebody get <laughs> torn apart and you know that you know that kind of went away where you would see like a zombie like maybe like chomp down on somebody but they, it's like they would bite them and just leave them alone after that it was it was you know that you didn't really see zombies just like chewing somebody the pieces and eating their guts and that whole thing and i'm watching army of the dead today and like there's like a part where one of the characters I, I don't really consider this a spoiler so i'm i'm just going to go ahead and say it you know everybody know everybody knows that there's a zombie tiger in this thing right from the trailer and i thought the zombie tiger might be like a throwaway gag but there is a part where the zombie tiger just brutalizes somebody and it's so gory and glorious and i i was thinking i was like man and you know even though i watch like a lot of stuff with zombies in it i think it's been a long time since i've seen like a zombie thing where somebody just gets like really shredded like this and i was like i think that's what's been kind of missing you know like i i you know like as zombies mm-hmm. became you know more mainstream um they kind of you know, it kind of became less brutal um, now, obviously, the Disney, I have not seen the Disney thing, and I, but I could presume that that's not going on in the Disney one. But, uh, you know, certainly the, the Train to Basan movies are also a lot more violent than I think, you know, The Walking Dead has been in a long time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and, and that's why we bring it up, because, you know, even with disney tapping back into it you know it's i mean not gonna lie here no, to be candid none of us are gonna watch that that we're not the demographic for nope. that at all but there is something to say with with the fact i'm gonna that, have to because audrey is in love with zombies and she's about that age to where she might actually like that okay so <laughs> unless unless you are viewing it through through having to watch it because of a kid um you know it's 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 more so just that there is you know again this this resurgence of zombies but uh coming back to what you were saying drew um you know i, I think about it and I, you know the movie that always sticks to me is one of the best zombie movies um was you know the remake of dawn of the dead as well and because it really was intense it was an intense action horror film and it had so much going on for it with just even the opening scene being just utter chaos things blowing up um and just you know johnny cash playing and you know the man comes around and with that in mind you know also being a Zack Snyder film set in the same universe there was kind of like this drop off in intense zombie horror movies you know and it, and for me it's hard for me to think of any zombie movie and not expect gore and i, I gotta be quite honest you know when i do watch a zombie movie or especially one that i hear a lot of buzz around I've learned to be a little more skeptical about because even though we do hold a lot walking dead under scrutiny walking dead, even when the show came about was one of the few that still da- tapped into that gore aspect that comes with the zombie subgenre. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like back in the day, you know, I, for me, the reason I fell in love with zombie movies and zombies and media was that because it was extreme. It was over the top, you know, it was on one hand, ridiculous, the other hand, terrifying because 
of the gore aspect yeah. of it all. And then coming back to it, you know, again, it's it's now like being more accepted in, in modern media. And I feel like shows like The Walking Dead and even Game of Thrones that put that into a more popular spotlight with intense gore and intense action does beckon the question of, you know, are, are people more into horror than they think they are? Cody, what do you think? So... Okay, so like listening, listening to what you guys said and everything, especially when Drew, uh, what Drew said. Okay, so <laughs> I I had to put my own little theory because I was looking at all the zombie movies while I was listening to you guys. Like that's come out in recent years, um, especially like after Train to Busan, and so I think the reason why we're getting this great big resurgence of like zombie movies being what everybody wants to see again and stuff like that is exactly why what Drew said of like the brutality. Everybody wants the brutality again when it comes to zombies because so during this time, uh, so Train to Busan came out in 2016 and that was a pretty brutal movie, but it also laid the groundwork for something that zombie movies rarely did. And it told us, it did, it told a solid story that touched the feels, you know, like that ending. Oh my God. I almost cried. <laughs> and so, but then after that, like it laid the groundwork of like trying to change things up. Then, they, then, so then you had another experimental zombie movie that came out that same year that probably that didn't do as well. That was the girl with all the gifts, you know, try to change something about, zombie movies and then patient zero came out with the whole aspect of like well what if the what if you found ground zero zombie you know what i mean and did the whole aspect of like there's somebody who could talk to zombies and there's one that you could finally cure through that that was like a really like different take on zombies didn't do too hot (laughs) you know and then um let's see i had this other one um and then annie and the and on the apocalypse that like even though I fucking love that movie and I think it is a very, very underrated gem, hence why I did it on this podcast, it took zombie, the zombie apocalypse and put it in a musical. Not a whole lot, like, even though there's some brutal parts, not a whole lot of people flock to it. And then, Matt, we, you know, for us, there was the disappointing Overlord that tried to do Call of Duty <sighs> Zombies, the movie, but, like, it didn't lean too much into the zombies, you know? And then we have... Then we had Little Monsters, which was kind of a comedy zombie movie. And, like, yeah, it had some really brutal parts. Like, fucking when the the kid singer, I'm not going to, the kid singer gets his face ripped off in the truck. And it was just so fucking gross. But, like, again, it wasn't just a hard, I just want to see fucking zombie carnage. And then... And then Hashtag Alive came out, and yes, it did really, really well, but that was because everyone related to it because it was a guy trapped inside that came out during the pandemic, you know? And then same with uh, the movie I did on the podcast, uh, The World, uh, uh, the Night Eats the World. Like, it was all about that single individual. It was less about the zombies. It was all about that person and how that individual is dealing with the self-isolation of zombie apocalypse. But then now... We got the fun shit back with this, the brutality and the craziness of Army of the Dead, which is also like technically it's a sequel to Zack Snyder's Day of the Dead because it's in the, it's actually set in the same universe. So I don't know if you knew that, Drew. What now? <laughs> uh, Army of the Dead is set in the same universe as Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I have questions about that because it doesn't seem like that having seen it like it like I, I i keep hearing that but they seem unrelated when you're i mean there there's certain thematic stuff about it but like 
like I can say at the very least you 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 um ha- do not have to have seen Dawn of the Dead to see Army of the Dead. Like the, yeah. the like what he does that is a car- definitely a carryover from a lot of his other films like Dawn of the Dead and and the Watchmen movie that he did is the the opening credits which are hysterical by the way like sets up the entire universe within like 5 minutes. Uh, like through, <laughs> you know, through like this like musical montage, um, but uh, oh, so, so like one of the things about zombie movies that I think is true of all these these movies that we have been talking about these newer zombie movies, but also definitely true of like the classic Romero ones where there's like a satirical topicalness that's behind them. And I think definitely something that plays well in like a, a post-COVID world is that there's like this this commentary on society, and there's this commentary, and I, I zombies as a metaphor work really well as a metaphor for COVID. Um, and Army of the Dead, both intentionally uh, and because it was written before the pandemic, but intentionally and unintentionally, really. Um, gets in on a lot of that stuff like they have like a you know refugee camps in it mm-hmm. and um you know there's like a lot of talk about you know the haves and have nots but then there's some stuff that it's like it's weird that they wrote it before um the the pandemic because it seems like it's commenting on the pandemic where they have people uh, like taking other people's temperature to like see if you're to see if your temperature body temperature is high enough to make sure you're not turning into a zombie, which you know feels very inspired by COVID, but was actually written before. Like it's just kind of like a happy accident that that uh, it has that echo of like it, you getting your temperature taken a lot if you're out in in public. Mm-hmm. And, but I I think zombies as a metaphor have always really worked for you know society's ills like if you go back to um like the earliest days of like zombie cinema where it was kind of a metaphor for like the evils of slavery Mm -hmm. um and you know then you know romero you know taking it into like 1960s america and beyond you know they're just like as you know more i think more than just about any other monster they just work so well for that kind of thing Mm mm-hmm no, I agree. Like, I think, yeah, I was gonna say because I think uh, what I just what I was getting from that too is that um, I think what makes the zombie movies work, from what you're saying, is the satire. Like, satires work best, or zombies work best as like an actual satire of of reality. And so I th- uh, just like after you said, like that's kind of what I got from what you were saying. I think that's what you're getting. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I wanted to make sure I didn't like misread that or anything. But so like, and I think that's also why like all these movie, uh, like Army of the Dead is doing so well, and like why zombie movies and even games are like starting to like do better is because I think they're coming to that realization that zombies are played best as like a satire on reality. And then we had that big chunk of time where all the zombie movies, everyone was trying to do something different. You know, like that's. It's kind of what I was getting at with it. Like everybody was trying to do something different with zombie movies and even zombie games. Like The Last of Us is all about like an actual fungus that turned people into zombies instead of a virus. And yet, 
like what really made that game work was this was like the commentary on reality and it kind of satirized it and it's like same with army of the dead like you're saying they i almost unintentionally like brought to light some of the shit that's going on in the pandemic <laughs> and it gives you it gives it a face that you can you can because like a virus can't be an actual villain that you can beat up but like if you personify it as a zombie, like you can shoot the you can shoot the virus in the face, and it's also cathartic <laughs> in that way. Yeah. And you know, I think that's that's why, you know, this the anticipation for this movie was pretty pretty high because like all the other zombie movies that we've been talking about, all you know, a lot of them are are Asian films, mm-hmm. and I think this was like uh, you know America, you know, kind of being like, okay, let's show you what you know, what we can do with this now. And we could do a good zombie movie without having to just remake train to Busan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which they are unfortunately doing. And that bums me out. Uh, you know, uh, one, uh, I'm not going to try to make the case for it. I do know, uh, I forget, I'm forgetting his name, but one of the actors, one of the original people from train to Busan is actually going to be an executive producer on the remake. That, to me it doesn't really quite you know make it okay because it's just i don't know like i it, just it, that's there's like, no to, need it's all it's only so, five years old coming back to it though <laughs> more so like what we're talking about um you know I, it, there is this thing of just where we and we even talked about it on our episode of of the history of like gore and practical effects and movies that you know people have a primal thing inside them where they want to see carnage they want to see violence they want to see this stuff i mean again i'll go back to the examples we used was you know football at the time and still very much so of course people love watching football for the competition supporting the favorite team and all that but really you know who doesn't get excited when they see somebody just get pulverized with the tackle or if we take it to hockey in that extent you know again same stuff and we enjoy it for the competition but what is the most exciting part of any hockey game is if and when a fight does break out or even in nascar when a car crashes and i understand the thought is okay we get it you know matt what, but what's your point you're trying to make is well, here's the thing is that there is something there is something cathartic about watching a zombie movie and just watching whether it's a it's a bad guy or, you know, the the dumb person and the survivor, you know, gets themselves killed in a brutal way. And yet I think there is this weird sobering turnaround when we see movies like warm bodies that focus on more of an emotional level of what does the zombie represent what is the metaphor we're going for here and what purpose does it serve for the overall plot and i think that's so interesting because when we think about horror movies we normally are thinking about how the survivor is going to survive the killer you know but when it comes to zombie movies we i think we invest in what chaos what destruction what you know gore filled thrill ride are we getting involved with here what are the zombies going to do how are they going to react are they going to be intelligent are they going to kill the survivors and we're kind of more in the in the anticipation of do we even really want the survivors to well to survive do we want the hero to win you know or do we just want to see the zombies take over and so it always is going to beg this question of of is zombies more just a horror fan thing or is it now just modern media and we got to live with that i think because of the pandemic also like there's this one aspect of it um 
that really, and I, I think Walking Dead really crystallized the the popularity of this idea. But I think when I, you know, especially rewatching Night of the Comet recently, but I think you know the original Dawn of the Dead probably does this better than any other movie. Is there is this like fantasy about the collapse of society that like suddenly there is like no rules, and um, I think go- going through the pandemic. You know, people. A lot of people who who had been thinking about, oh well, what would that be like after watching, you know, The Walking Dead? You know, they got kind of a taste of it, and it was more horrific than they probably, re- like they they probably realized. Well, I'm not going to be, um, you know, uh, God, I'm blanking. Or I'm not going to be, uh, God, the sheriff on The Walking Dead. Um, Rick. Rick, yeah, Rick. I'm not going to be Rick. I'm not going to be the. <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be Michonne. You know, like I'm not going to be. You know, I'm probably not going to be Bruce Campbell. You know, I'm just. I'm just some Joe Schmo. So like that. That fantasy got a little sh- shattered, and now like people are kind of they're wanting to watch these movies again to get that like built almost built back up in their mind as society starts to reopen. They're like, no, 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 I wouldn't be, I just, I wouldn't be one of the the random victims that gets, you know, torn apart by the crowd of zombies. <laughs> I, I really would be Rick, you know, like I really would be Bruce Campbell, you know, like, and, you know, the, the odds are, no, you wouldn't be, you know, like most, most of us, it, I, I think one of the most realistic zombie movies is actually Shaun of the Dead, because like there's a part where, um, a bunch of them are trying to make a headshot and, you know, they can't. <laughs> Because, like, newsflash, trying to shoot someone in the head is, like, really difficult if it's a moving target, and most people can't do it. (laughs) And also, newsflash, most people haven't shot guns. Yes. (laughs) That's another thing. Like, just because you you have the gun doesn't mean you know how to fucking use it. Have you ever tried, like, just aiming straight out of nowhere, like, using a gun you've never used before? No, doesn't work. You can't just like bat headshot. Like you're not gonna turn into fucking bullseye or Hawkeye all of a sudden. <laughs> and you, yeah, and I think like out of like if we're just like focusing on Walking Dead itself, I think probably one of the only. I think that's why like what? It, okay, I'm wording it incorrectly. So what I'm wanting to say is that characters like Michonne or or Daryl, I think why they are so popular is that they're the closest to you know, a wider demographic of people of what would happen. Like, you you know, during a zombie apocalypse, it's not like you need to have that masterful skill of a sword in order to use it. I'm not trying to like discredit anyone who does practice it or anything like that, or, or, you know, the culture behind it in that regard, but just it's, it's a sharp weapon, you know, and much like to that respect, as long as you got a sharp melee weapon, you stand a chance if a zombie comes up on you and tries to bite your face off. Um, kind of the same thing yeah. with a cross you know a crossbow to the extent not saying that a crossbow doesn't require any you know skill but as compared to a gun i feel like you know there is a little bit more forgivability now uh, keep in mind these are just like very specific examples but you know they i think that's why like those two characters stood out the most you know rick his his role in the walking dead especially in the show was so ex machina in so many situations where he should have just been killed or he should have died early on that it's hard to identify with that 
you know, and, and, I, and I think everybody tries to avoid, even though we love Glenn, we love Stephen Yoon, even Stephen Yoon got tired of the show at some point um, and was just happy, not saying he was, but like, it was probably good that he got killed off sooner than, than later. And if you haven't watched Walking Dead yet, and I just spoiled that for you, I'm sorry, but it's it's kind of blown up everywhere. So, but, you know. <laughs> it's literally, like, it was so controversial because it literally recreated the scene in the comics and everyone pooped their pants about it. And, and then everybody was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> I think that was kind of the last time I remember there being, like, any kind of, like, buzz about yeah. it though that's that's when it died was right after that that be- beginning of the season no one cared because everyone's like you can't i love jeffrey dean morgan but you can't replace glenn with negan <laughs> like, you know what i mean and, and you know what but, and that's the thing is and it, yeah i'm sorry drew i didn't mean to interrupt i was no like, yeah, that's, that's sort of what i was gonna say okay cool (laughs) my wife my wife still watches it regularly um i do not like i i lost interest and you know i'm like more power to to you and you know but i know i know a lot of people that kind of um you know kind of lost interest and i don't think that i was abnormal like that and i also think that you know that scene notwithstanding which is brutal but it's human on human violence it's not a zombie mm-hmm. attacking somebody i think you know the show still has really outstanding makeup effects on it but like i think they got away from the visceralness of mm-hmm. the first few seasons it became more and more like a, almost like a soap opera that happened to have zombies in it whereas like the first few seasons are very much that survivor horror vibe mm-hmm. And I just yeah. think it's hard to maintain that over so many episodes. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's also the other thing that, like, when I was looking through all those movies and whatnot, another big thing that, like, that I think that people were so tired of when it comes to zombies and whatnot is that when it's like, it just turns around and goes, but in reality, man is the true monster like even in like the zombie apocalypse and whatnot because that's what like really did it for me with the walking dead was that there was no the lack of focus on like the threat of the zombies you know it was all about the man and it's like when i want to watch a zombie show or a zombie movie i don't give a fuck about that other camp that's like could be bad people i want to see zombie carnage you know (laughs) like that's my escape with zombie movies so i think that's like that's the other thing that like is like being so crazy uh, that's like causing this big zombie boom is that now we're starting to get more of like the actual zombie carnage instead of like you said them like the walking dead now it just has them in the background but we're focusing on the human character drama you know like i want to see both <laughs> like just mash in there give me the zombies <laughs> so then the final question we got to ask is if there is a resurgence of zombies coming back in in modern and not so modern media you know, what do we speculate? Do we think that we're going to get tired of it again because of things like The Walking Dead? Or do we think this is going to be the chance for it to come back and to reclaim its gore-filled fantastic horror that we all grew up loving about it? Uh, Drew, what do you think? You know, I, I think z- zombies are one of those things that I think that are always going to come and go. You know, they're not always... Uh, going to be the most popular thing, but they're kind of like they're kind of like vampires and werewolves. Like they're a perennial monster. Like they're never going to fully go away. 
because like somebody's always going to be able to come up with like a spin on them. Uh, and you know, so it's like veering between being popular and very, very popular. And we might be entering a stage like, where they're once more very, very popular, but zombies never die. No pun intended. Like I, <laughs> I, I just think, um, you know, there's always going to be somebody out there that was willing to put a, an imaginative spin on it. And, uh, you know, I will always be around for when somebody does the the good version of it. It's like I said earlier, as long as something is entertaining or good, I will I will be there for it. And if something is uh, you know bland, then I'll pass. But uh, I I was I, I I've been for for the latest round of like you know most of these movies that we've been talking about today. Like I I enjoyed them, and I was they were worthwhile uh, ways to spend my time. Cody, how about you? Um, I, I honestly, I agree. I think we're because, like, you know, there was such a long time where, yeah, even though people were complaining, like, ah, more zombie stuff. Like, I think we'll hit that point again, where it's like, oh, another Call of Duty zombie game, <laughs> you know, or another Call of Duty type thing. But like, I do agree that we're getting to the point. Like, we'll probably hit another point, and probably here pretty soon, of where zombies will be very, very popular, and they're going to be cool again. And I think we're going to see an uptick in that. Most like, I also agree with that because, like, I mean, fucking, they had zombie to promote Army of the Dead. They even got zombies in on uh, WWE this year. They were literally in a match, <laughs> like. So, like, I think it's we're going to hit a point where they're very, very popular. We're going to get, like, a bunch of good ones. Like, I definitely think the the Left 4 Dead clones that are going to be coming, the year of Left 4 Dead clones that's coming out, like, I'm all for. So, yeah, I I, th- I agree. I think we're going to hit a point where they're going to be very, very popular, and it'll, it'll probably peter out to where they're just like, yeah, zombies, cool. <laughs> With that, I, I will say that you know, I, I do hope it comes back. You know, uh, I've talked about it on the show. Zombies were one of my go-tos growing up. It was my, one of my favorite things to just watch. It was one of the few things in horror when I was a kid that didn't actually terrify me, that I was just kind of, like, mystified and just wanted to watch more of it. At least until Dawn of the Dead came around the remake. And then little girls down the hallway that just rip out your throat still is, like, a fear of mine, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, but legitimately so... I I just hope that this love of, of zombies continues and that we do see it put in the right light. You know, whether it is used for artistic metaphors or just for, you know, balls out, gore, and blood all the time, or even a happy middle in between. All I can say is that I hope we do get more of this and it gets the right treatment and that maybe, just maybe, I'll get my cross to movie. I'm realistic on that and what they can get away with and who will fund that. But again, I, I digress. Time will tell. We will see what happens. But I, I think right now, at least for what we can see, it's on a good horizon. Drew, thank you again for coming on the show and for hanging out with us and talking about your Indiegogo, talking about Night of Living Dread, talking about zombies, talking about what we would do in zombie apocalypses, and even talking about you know the the harsh hot debate that is 
wearing masks. <laughs> Drew, you are always just a, a treasure. We love having you on the show. Um, and we still long for the day that we can actually get to meet you in person and, and get, you know, get to hang out with you. But um, legitimately show, uh, excuse me, I almost said legitimately show this. Yeah, no, legitimately. So though, we, you know, we love you. <laughs> we love having you on here and, and we hope the best for you. Ghouls, gals, creeps me into like. Please support Night of the Living Dread on Indiegogo. Support Drew in the links below. And if you want to support us, you know where to like and follow us on Facebook. Search up Punk Rock Horror Podcast or on our Twitter at OfficialPRHP or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, hashtag PRHP Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram on the at the undead Matt, or you can follow Cody on Twitter at at Krampus Cody. If you want to support the show in another way, we still have a merch line on Teespring, so please go over there and check out our merch there. We are going to be updating it soon. Uh, we've kind of put all of our merch somewhat to the bottom of the priority list because we wanted to get our fundamentals back with the show and what we want to do with it. Um, make sure you're following us on YouTube. We are going to be putting more content up on there in a steady pace. So please, please give that support, like us and follow us there. And again, uh, one more time, Drew, is there anything else you'd like to share with the ghouls, gals, creeps and mutants alike before we head out? Again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but please check out the Indiegogo. Like we er, literally every dollar, um, and we we have perks from a dollar all the all the way up to eight hundred dollars. Like, and literally every dollar that we get counts, and it's going to a good cause. And I I just I, I'm very passionate about this project, and I think it's a fun book. Uh, I think uh, if you have appreciation for the, a lot of the movies that we we've talked about, I think you will get something out of this. Um, I myself. Uh, you know, had a great time writing it and, you know, putting the team together and now it, we're able to entertain you and, you know, give you, give you, give, you know, aid to someone who needs it. So come celebrate zombies with us uh, for a good cause. Hashtag zombies for a good cause. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that in mind, ghouls, gals, creeps, and mutants, we're going to go ahead and close the gates to this dungeon and, uh, and hoist Drew back up on the wall here. <laughs> and we will talk about horror with you next time. Thanks, y'all. Bye. I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD. Mother.
basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies. Mother, pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many. Pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. Mother, what's the phrase? She isn't quite herself today. Mother, what's her face? Is God and I don't need your guilt today. I just got a new girl to stay, and we both know you're gonna meet her either way. And that can go either way, either way, I can say I'm a motherfucking sicko when I'm only being me And I'm a homicidal sicko when I'm being you Some people stopped by with some questions And I couldn't just let them see you What would they do if they saw you? I had to, I knew it was wrong too But your boy knows who he belongs to I put him in the lake with a mop too So far gone, I'm crawling on the wrong lawn At dawn, dressed like my mom In long stockings and a bra Looking for a blonde, a raw dog And then drop her off in the pond and dark Are you for real? This has to be a dream Where did I get this axe? I just go a little mad Need a room? Are you packed? So basically, I just came to see Some naked D's and A's for free Take a peek, take a key Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies Twelve bodies, mother pray for me Shotguns a tall can, conjures a black hole and kicks your fucking walls in. 
I'm so deadly, Reggie, not so friendly, Reggie I am death directly, Reggie I will fucking end this, Reggie Cause when the game is finished, that's when you die A part of me will be in every tear that you cry I'll be inside every mirror nearby Open your eyes, wanna open the skies Open your minds, literally And figuratively And figuratively I'm making the killer, replacing the living I'm breaking the acres and acres of villains For real, I'm a different breed I'ma give them a different reason And deep in the ceiling Sticking the needle so deep in the tissue It breaches the bone till it reaches the core And it eats through your soul Then I'm tearing it down like pulling the key through the hole Whatever your mind frame, whenever the time frame You're never in my lane, I really get eye break Mr. Scrim, never forget my name I raise brows, I stop as a side blade Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead You can wake up in the coroner's bed This is the hour for mourning and dread Drain all the blood that was stored in his head Just chapter after chapter after chapter Massacre, make the Ripper look like an amateur ambassador in the slashers <laughs>